I have exactly three good ideas a year. Oh, melodically wrong and happy to be here again, boys. Jerry Jones sits on the golden toilet and looks for the, the big splashy players. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Expansion Buddies podcast. If my math serves me correctly, we are on episode 40 now, Justin. Holy cow, we're middle-aged. <laughs> we are, we are. Uh, one a week, except for Christmas, all the way up till now. It's not too shabby. Not too shabby, though. Yeah, so uh, the big news in the sports world right now, uh, besides the bad news that just happened to our Seattle Mariners today, I don't know if you saw that. I did not. Uh, the Ori- I, saw they, I saw they got clapped by the Orioles. Not only did they get clapped, they got a no-hitter thrown against them. Oh, no. And it was damn near a perfect game. Oh, no. <laughs> So it was, it was a bad day for the Mariners, but uh, really cool for Orioles pitcher John Cease. Uh, I think they said it was the first no-hitter in Orioles history since 1989 or something like that. So I guess cool baseball history. We were just on the wrong end of it. Well, someone's got to be there on the wrong end of history anyway. So yeah. at least it could be us, I guess. Yeah, it's been us a few times. <laughs> But yeah. um, no, what we wanted to talk about this episode was certainly not that. It was just re- recapping the draft that went down last week. Uh, pretty pretty uh, interesting stuff happened there for all 32 teams in the league. I know from just from talking to you about it off the air, we definitely share some opinions on who we think did well, who we think maybe didn't do as well, and who made some, uh, how should we put it, questionable decisions yeah yeah <laughs> uh so i don't know what you would want to start with who who i i kind of want to start with who i think crushed this draft yeah let's hear it uh, i think the new york jets absolutely destroyed in this draft yeah they were looking really good they got their they got their quarterback right out the gate obviously and then they did what uh some other teams maybe should have thought about doing a little bit more of uh, but in the later rounds, they 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 found some help for him. They found some protection. Yeah, well, it wasn't even the later rounds. You know, they traded up later in the first. I should yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, got Zach Wilson number two overall. He's going to be their guy, looking to be their guy week one. Uh, like I said last week, uh, outside of Trevor Lawrence, he might be my favorite quarterback in this draft. But then uh, later in the first round, yeah, they got uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, the offensive lineman out of USC. Mm-hmm. to throw some protection Wilson's way. And then uh, in the second round, they got a steal with wide receiver Elijah Moore, who I think was a first-round talent, and I'm not sure why he slipped to the second round. And then in the fourth round, they got a running back, Michael Carter. And so they used their first four picks in the draft on offense, and I think I read a thing once that said this is the first time the Jets have done that since the 80s. Uh, so Zach Wilson – has the opportunity to have a kind of scary receiving core around him. Yeah. Offense around him next year. If you just projected starters uh, or looking at the Jets depth chart right now, if you have Wilson at quarterback at receivers, you've got Elijah Moore, Jamison Crowder and Corey Davis. That's not, that's, that's, that's not, not bad. Off at man. Uh, and then, you know, after all of those picks, the Jets turned it to defense and they used their remaining, what, 
six picks on defense. They had five picks or excuse me, three picks in the fifth round and three picks in the sixth round, used them all on defensive players. Uh, this is what the new regime in New York looks like. The Roberts- Yeah, and I, I think it's – oh, sorry to interrupt, but oh, I want to point out too, like this is a something good to note of Robert Sala because he is a defensive-oriented coach. He's come off of defensive coordinator positions at what, his last two jobs? Yeah. At San Francisco and Seattle, and I don't know beyond that. I apologize. But he came in and he is – identify needs and you know the jets you know i think need a lot of work on both sides of the ball they're definitely stronger on defense when he got there but you know to spend the the capital basically that he did to fix or help fix that offense shows you know i i think he is definitely ready for this this head coaching job that he's got and it's amazing to see that they have supported zach wilson in one weekend more than they ever did Sam Darnold for his entire tenure there. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Uh, I, I think one of the analysts on the draft said that. He said, Sam Darnold's got to be watching this draft thinking, are you kidding me? I was there for three years and you never did any of this for me in nope. the three years I was there. And they had Zach Wilson for not even a day. And they built uh, quite the team around him. Well, and I speaking of not supporting your quarterback, I like that – and we'll talk about this, I think, a little later, but the Packers are on the cusp of Louis, losing Aaron Rodgers, their franchise quarterback, Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. And in the first round, they had options at wide receiver, like Elijah Moore, and they still picked a cornerback. Don't get it. There's I... there's no appeasement that going on. Like, like I, I, I am sorry, Packers fans, but I cannot see – any other way that the Packers could be trying to piss off Aaron Rodgers any more than they have these last couple of years. Well, and if the rumors are to be believed, uh, it sounds like for all intents and purposes, he's done in green Bay. Yeah. I mean, he is, I I do not. Yeah. I do not see a world that he's coming back to green Bay. I don't buy the rumors that he's going to retire. He might pull a, um a retire until another team picks him up kind of deal like um oh crap i can't think of his name it really just dropped from my mind he was on the Bengals, retired then i think he ended up with the cardinals with bruce arians um oh carson palmer carson palmer yes thank you yeah there you go because he was so sick of the Bengals, and the Bengals were like we're not gonna trade you yeah and so he retired and then just unretired and yeah, continued his career and had a revival. Yeah, and a lot of obviously what's going on with the Aaron Rodgers drama right now is a lot of it is rumor and speculation, but I do think that there's yeah. a lot of truth to these rumors. Uh, and that's something we'll dive into more at a later time when there's more concrete uh, facts that go along with this. But he's not happy, and the Packers, according to a lot of people, not just you, did uh, kind of flub up that first-round pick again. And uh, yeah, one of many teams that I guess made questionable decisions on draft yeah. night. Um, but I kind of rant and raved about the Jets, talked about the team who I thought crushed it. Do you have a team that you think absolutely uh, killed it in this draft? Um, so we had talked about the Jets, and I totally agree. I think they crushed it. They did a great job. Um, as far as <clears throat> excuse me beyond that 
Um, I'm I'm not mad at what the Browns did. That's they had a totally competent draft. I'm actually pretty happy with it. They picked uh, Greg Newsom the second in the second or the first round, excuse me. Their late pick, I think he's good cornerback. I think he's going to help out their secondary quite a bit. Um, and then in the second round is what really impressed me because they picked up JOK fairly late in the second. Yeah, um, I cannot. Yeah, the linebacker. I cannot believe he slipped. Yeah, there's a couple guys that I was surprised that slipped as far as they did. Obviously, Elijah Moore being one of them. But the one I wanted to talk about just briefly is uh, Caleb Farley, man, fell all the way to 22nd to the Titans. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just want to say this to the rest of the NFL, or at least the 21 teams picking ahead of them. You just got fleeced by the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I think Caleb Farley was one of the best defensive players in this draft. Maybe not the best, but I think he was definitely the best defensive back in this draft. And I am including uh, Pat Sertain and J.C. Horn in that. No offense yeah, to those guys. People but... are going to be mad at you for saying that he's better than Pat, Pat Sertain, especially. People I, are real high on him. And as they should be, he's an excellent cornerback. But I think something that scared teams away or shied them away from Farley a little bit was the fact he didn't play last year. He had that back surgery. Um, but, you know... If you look at his two seasons, he did play 2018 and 2019 at Virginia Tech. He finished with 56 total tackles, six interceptions, one was a pick six, and 19 passes defended. That's all in two seasons. And just watching his film, he's a, he's a guy that just does everything right. Like He knows where to be. There's no second guessing or hesitation on his part. Uh, I don't know. I, I was just high on the kid going in. I, th I had him picked to go eight overall to Carolina when we did our mm -hmm. mock draft last week, but clearly I was wrong. I think the Titans got a steal. Uh, and that's my two cents on that subject. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about some of the people that I, we think flubbed the draft. Um, actually, I want to acknowledge too. I think the Falcons did the right thing at four picking Kyle Pitts. I think that is probably one of the better picks of the draft because I think Kyle Pitts is definitely a really, really good pick. I know we talked a bit about them trading. Um, I know Dallas <laughs> was really high on Kyle Pitts. Um, uh, yeah. Everything that's been reported. So my hot take didn't come to fruition, obviously, that they were going to trade that pick. Also, a little side note on Dallas, I was very impressed in the first round that they actually addressed a need and went for defense, got the uh, – Micah Parsons out of Penn State. Excellent, excellent linebacker. He might be the best defensive player in this draft. But uh, kudos to Dallas, I guess, for doing the right thing also. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big kudos to Dallas. Because that surprised me too, because I totally thought Jerry Jones would be like, we need more receivers. Oh, they uh, bring me receivers. They were involved in a little trade there in the first round of the division yeah. rival, the Eagles. I'm pretty sure the Eagles, which I was really surprised about that. Yeah, man. Eagles traded up to get Devonta Smith. Not a bad pick by any means, obviously. No. Uh, they need a lot of help. But uh, anyway, let, let's talk, like you said, teams that uh, didn't make the wisest decisions here. Who um, in mind for you? I wanted to talk about and. This one's a bit more controversial, so I want to start with it. Okay. The Denver Broncos. I think they made a mistake in the first round. I think they, they should have seen Justin Fields there and taken him. 
I really think they made a mistake. This comes with a huge asterisk because if Justin Fields sucks, then everybody later on will be like, the Broncos are geniuses. They knew it was a bad choice. But if he becomes Chicago's franchise guy, if he becomes what he's hyped to be, the Broncos will forever be the people that passed on not only quarterbacks like Russell Wilson, but also Justin Fields when they could have easily taken him in a situation where they were incentivized, in my opinion, to take him because they, yes, they have drew lock. Yes. They just brought in Teddy Bridgewater. I am sorry to both those quarterbacks, but, and I will stand firm on this opinion. They are not franchise quarterbacks. Drew lock has had flashes of, wow, that looks pretty good, but he has also had, a lot more film of like, hmm, flashes of there. yikes. <laughs> yeah, I think Drew Locke is at best a stopgap quarterback going forward for the future. And you know, there's all the hype that he's been working one on one with what Peyton Manning, I think it was, that he's been doing all this extra stuff. And I don't dislike the kid, but I do not think he's a franchise quarterback. And I will keep echoing that until we see this situation come to fruition one way or another. He either is the guy long-term or he is out of Denver probably after this year, which is my opinion. But I think Justin Fields is better than is a better prospect than what they had right now. And I think they should have taken him. Um, that's my, that's, that's what I wanted to say. Yeah. Uh, I don't disagree with you. I do have a question though. I have an answer. And and, and it's it's just a totally superficial question. So, uh, do you think though, just if you're looking at it from the standpoint of the Broncos front office, do you think that they just thought that would look too bad to literally the day before trade for Teddy Bridgewater and then draft, uh, the guy who's going to presumably start over him? I mean, I think that would look kind of bad from a PR standpoint. Yes, but you also have to keep in mind, and I'm going to reference the movie Moneyball right now, because there's a great part in Moneyball where um, the, uh, the guy played by Jonah Hill has to go cut a player, and the manager is like asking him how he's going to do it and talking him through it, and he says, just remember, they're adults. They can take it. They are professional athletes. They know that this will happen. Yeah. And I think Teddy Bridgewater especially knows, like, at sports, you get screwed over sometimes. Yeah. Oh, he knows better than a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, And there's no world where that happens. Maybe they cut Teddy Bridgewater right after signing him. That Teddy Bridgewater doesn't get picked up by someone. He's too good to not be at least a backup. Yeah. Agreed. A hundred percent. He's proven that for sure. Uh, interesting. Uh, the Broncos, I didn't, you know, they weren't really one on my radar for making questionable decisions, but I, I you present a very good argument and uh, yeah, I mean, there's quarterback questions there in Denver for sure. Uh, the team for me, and I know you're going to agree on this uh, if we're just looking at the first round. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati. Really? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, I just, uh, they had, they just, they got brought through the, uh, the ring around on Twitter for this as they should have. Uh, I texted my brother right after they picked Jamar Chase with the fifth pick. 
And I was like, dang, I'm sorry, man. And he responds perfectly with, uh, he's like, well, Joe Burrow is going to throw a lot of touchdowns next year. He's just going to die doing it. And that's because, of course, the Bengals passed on Panay Sewell out of Oregon, let him slip to seven, go to the Lions. And uh, I just, I want to know why. I want to know what it's going to take for that uh, front office to realize that protecting your quarterback is an important part of the game. And a guy you brought up earlier in the show, uh, if Joe Burrow has not been proof enough for this, Carson Wentz back in, or not Carson Wentz, excuse me, Carson Palmer back in the day should have been proof of this. Also had a devastating injury for that team. Oh, this is a franchise that just does not learn. And that's great. They can surround Joe Burrow with all the weapons in the world, but if he can't get the ball to him because he's flat on his back every play, it's not really going to matter, is it? No. And that's um, – I, I will say I can understand the, the mindset and the thought process into picking a receiver, and I will encourage both you, Jared, and the audience to go watch Flemmo Rap's video on it. Um, I've talked about him before. I really like Flemmo Raps. He's a great YouTuber, um, football YouTuber. But he is a Bengals fan, and he made a video talking about his thoughts about the draft. And he was actually hoping that they were going to draft um, draft uh, Jamar Chase. And I think he makes a really good argument for it, but I still ultimately disagree with him. Um, and I, th- I think they made a huge mistake in not pay- taking Suell. I, yeah. I I totally agree with your brother. I I think Joe Burrow is going to be watching most of his NFL games from his back. Yikes. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason to disagree with that sentiment. When you take – you have the opportunity to grab who many think is the best lineman on the board and you don't. Um, you know, and I get, I get the thought process too. Jamar Chase was one of the best, if not the best, receiver coming into this draft. Uh, played at LSU with Joe Burrow, reunited yeah. the old gang. I get that. Uh, speaking of reuniting teammates, seem to be a theme this draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, man, I don't know. It's just, uh, the question that came to mind. The one I just asked is, how many times are they going to have to learn this lesson before they learn this lesson? And uh, clearly, last season was not enough. Although I will, you know, they did go in the second round and get jackson carmen the offensive lineman out of clemson but um so they at least tried to address that issue but they they had a golden opportunity and they i think they squandered it yeah um another one that is a bit questionable is what are the what are the raiders doing i know this is like perennial but yeah i mean alex leatherwood they addressed um, a need that they created themselves. Yeah, with a pick <laughs> that they reached, some argue, multiple rounds for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I honestly don't know much about Leatherwood. I've heard the name before. I know he played for Alabama, and if you play for Alabama, you've probably got the pedigree to play in the NFL. Um, but, Man, it's the, the, the thing with the Raiders is, and we talked about that. I think we were actually on the phone with each other when they made this pick. And I think, I think we had this conversation of, 
yeah, that's great that they got an offensive lineman to replace the many they've gotten rid of this uh-huh. offseason. You know, like obviously Seattle, I know, got Gabe Jackson out of the deal. I love it, but this felt so unnecessary for the Raiders. I don't know what they're doing either. Like you said, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, and reading Leatherwood's scouting reports, he was projected as a second round pick at you know, the earliest and they, they jumped at him at the first round. They could have definitely got him in the second, gotten somebody, you know, you know, brought in one of the other picks that you see that fell around them. Um, you know, they, they totally could have taken Zayvon Collins. No, they couldn't. Never mind. Arizona drafted him right before. Yeah. Um, but Jalen Phillips, Jamin Davis, that the Washington football team took to help address needs on uh, defense. Yeah. But they, they just ignored those. Caleb Farley, man, he was still there at that point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I cannot believe this, honestly. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Who knows? It might work out. You know, I'm not going to completely grill them over this pick, but it just seems so unnecessary. You know, this whole thing seems so unnecessary to break down your offensive line just to rebuild it months later I don't get that um so the Raiders I don't know uh another one that I know we kind of discussed when it happened was the Steelers taking Najee Harris out of Alabama the Steelers and everything they did was just disappointing I really love Najee Harris I think he is the best running back in this whole class Um, yeah but but and I will be echoing the sentiments of urinating tree especially on this because I've been saying this. Uh, I watch him. He's been saying this, but their O line is trash. Yeah. Who is going to open the holes for him? Yep, yeah, yep, he's yep. a good running back, but if you do not have offensive line, which they do not have, how are you going to have a successful run game? Harris was great, but he wasn't that great. He can't make it work when there's no offensive and, line. And you have. Big Ben, who is like 70,000 years old, that man can't take a hit at this point in his career. He will, he has got glass bones and paper skin. He will shatter. <laughs> yeah, he is. Who have... is going to protect that man? Yeah. The Steelers are doing everything in their power to extend a dynasty that doesn't exist with Ben Roethlisberger, and they are going to be paying the price in his freaking head because he's going to be on the ground so much. Yeah. So that actually kind of segues me into something I wanted to touch on briefly. And it does pertain to the Steelers and big Ben. Uh, I was thinking about it um, the other day at work, I was just thinking about football and all of that in the draft. And uh, man, the AFC is getting loaded on quarterbacks. I mean, really think about it. Mm-hmm. And let's just go through the divisions really quick here in the AFC West. And I'm, t- I'm talking the quarterbacks who are either already proven elite or up and coming that can be on that level in the AFC West. You've got Mahomes and Herbert. Okay. Yeah. And, and man, can we, I, I want to do an episode by the way, just to spring this on you real quick, where we talked about last year's draft class, not granted we're only one year into their career, but talk about, how those picks turned out but anyway. oh absolutely i got some people to call out who doubted my boy justin herbert but anyway uh we got mahomes and herbert in the AFC west 
you could make the argument, and again, obviously we need to see stuff out of Mac Jones and Zach Wilson, but in the AFC East, you could have four with Wilson, Jones, Allen in Buffalo, and Tua in Miami, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And then AFC South's a little dicey uh, just because we are very unsure right now on the future of Deshaun Watson. Uh, we don't know what Carson Wentz is going to be yet in his new role, but you've got Trevor Lawrence now who is going to be in Jacksonville and presumably going to be a superstar. And then you take it to the AFC North. You've got Mayfield, Burrow and Jackson, who I, all three of them have no reason to believe they're not in that tier. So in the AFC, if you want to keep up and not get left behind, you need to have a quarterback that can play at that high a level. And Pittsburgh does not have it right now. No, as I see it right now, Pittsburgh is going to be last of that division. The Browns have easily surpassed them. The Bengals, I think, will be third, but they are bringing up raw offensive talent, you know, while they may get banged up, but raw offensive talent that will surpass what the Steelers can output. And you have the Ravens who, on any given day, Lamar Jackson alone is an explosive player that will make huge impacts on the game. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think Cleveland and Baltimore are going to be jockeying back and forth for that first place. Yeah. I think it's going to be a lot closer than it has been in even this past year. And yeah. And, and I don't mean just in their own division though. Pittsburgh's going to get left behind in the conference because. Oh, that, absolutely. In that conference, you need, as I just laid out, you need top tier quarterback play to be competitive. There's a real, there's a real possibility that Pittsburgh and the Texans are going to be the last in that division. A real possibility. In the conference, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. that's Sorry. No, yeah. And, again, other teams, too, that I don't think are quite there yet either in terms of quarterback play. Denver, who we just talked about, and, and Vegas. Yeah. Although there's rumors with this whole Aaron Rodgers thing that he could end up in Denver. There's a lot that needs to happen, obviously. But, uh, you know, that's how you're going to keep pace in the AFC. You know, the NFC is a little different right now. Is Yes, you have great quarterbacks, but they're not quite that many of them at this point in time. And, yeah. uh, you know, it seems it doesn't seem as a quarterback heavy, I guess. No, I mean, looking across it, you got Wilson, you've got Brady for now you have Rogers, but Breeze just retired. Um, you know, Murray is really good over there in Arizona. The 49ers, who I want to touch on in just a minute, have created a very unique, interesting quarterback situation. I think, yeah, the NFC West is looking at it now. I think that's the strongest in terms of, in terms of quarterbacks right now. Because Murray, I like a lot. I think he's going to have a bright future in the NFL. You've got Stafford in freaking L.A. now. Yep. And that's something that I think you should be terrified about. Oh. Again, I'm I'm real high on Stafford. I'm telling you, kid, I am terrified of it. I, the Rams keep me up at night. San Francisco, I think, obviously has the chance to go either way. Um, And then the Seahawks have perennial great Russell Wilson. Um, NFC South is rather weak with, I think, the exception of Brady, although there is always that chance that we are going to finally see that that drop-off on Brady. And um, Matt Ryan is real flashy. You know, it's... Uh, Matt Ryan at MVP caliber seasons. He's also had... Yeah, that's what I mean. You know, it's yeah. streaky. And then uh, who knows what we're going to get with Sam Darnold in Carolina yeah. now. I, I hope him the best. I... Maybe not two games out of the year. You don't, but yeah. Yenisee uh, um, East. Dak, you know, Dak. I Dak, yeah. Dak is easily the best in there. 
Um, we'll see what the Eagles have going on with Hurts and, and Danny and, Dimes and yeah. Well, and then then the Washington football team I think is is up in the air honestly because Fitzpatrick has you know kind of like we talked about with Stafford here a second ago he's streaky he can have incredible you know game changing plays and and game sense and then other times he's throwing five interceptions a game yeah no so in all yeah that's what i mean the afc is just you need that elite yeah. quarterback play to really keep pace and uh Steelers are going to find themselves on the outside looking in real fast because uh they're not accepting that ben's time is come and gone but enough they, about they, yeah yeah enough about the Steelers uh a team i wanted to touch on also that uh we just talked about is the 49ers and taking Trey yeah. Lance number three overall a surprise to me anyway I think to a lot of people I thought they were yeah. gonna go with Mac Jones obviously they didn't he fell all the way to New England at 15 I thought that if they weren't gonna take Jones though I thought for sure they were going Justin Fields I did not think Trey Lance was going number three overall well we even talked in the last episode that we think a lot of people were sleeping on Trey Lance that because of his college that people were not putting enough, enough stock in him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've seen guys come out of North Dakota state specifically at the FCS level. That is the uh, program at that level, the premier program. Uh, Carson Wentz obviously is an example. I'm not saying he is going to be, I'm not saying he's equivalent to Trey Lance. I know his career has been marred with injuries and other uh, misfortunes. But the other thing about Trey Lance, and I will say this just to play devil's advocate, is uh, he did have tremendous college stats for the two-plus seasons he played. And I say two-plus because he did play two full seasons. and Then he played one showcase game for North Dakota State last fall, kind of for NFL scouts. But anyway, in his career there, he threw 30 touchdowns, one interception. Excellent numbers, obviously. Yeah. Almost had 3,000 yards passing. A very mobile quarterback. Watch the highlights. Uh, unfortunately, we as a Montana State alum and Bobcats fans have seen firsthand what he has done to our beloved Cats. But I will say this to play devil's advocate. He did play majority FCS competition in his college career. Now, I'm not taking anything away from him, but that is a huge gap from NFL competition. So I'm not saying yeah. he can't handle it. I'm just questioning if if I had been in the 49ers position, would that have been enough for me to pull the trigger on him with the third overall pick? And I don't know. I, I don't know if I would have done it. And the thing we got to remember, too, is we, we don't know, like, what came out in interviews and stuff because – intangibles is a huge thing absolutely i mean you look at people that have busted out in the nfl let's let's take a guy here that should be in his third year theoretically but josh rosen mm-hmm. uh, you know arguably you know five four or five star recruit coming out of high school considered freaking a genius on and off the football field has great stats in college and he's basically just a journeyman backup right now in San Francisco, actually. That's, you know, and, and I, there could be arguments made about Josh Rosen. We're not getting into that today. 
although I think it'd be a fun thing to talk about sometime. But you look at the skill that he has and arguably on field, you know, he should still be going. But one of the big things is the intangibles and that caused him to slide in the draft as well because he was really cocky. He was really arrogant um, and things like that. Those intangibles they play matter. a factor into, oh, yeah. you know, these are, you know, these are 20, 21, sometimes 22 year olds that are getting asked to lead an entire team. They're getting asked to lead men that are sometimes almost twice their age. Mm-hmm. They've got to have the mental fortitude for that. And maybe, you know, Kyle Shanahan and his scouting team saw something in Trey Lance that they thought was going to be better suited, maybe at the cost of having to train him more or coach him more, but to take him over Justin Fields or mac and cheese (laughs) and uh in the long run they probably thought they saw something that was going to pay off better down the road yeah and that's just the thing we 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 won't know and nope we can argue both ways on every single one of these picks until the cows come home we're not going to know how these picks really played out until at least three years down the line no and i will say this with trey lance i really like the kid i think he's definitely uh, an excellent leader um, and I, I, I don't think he's going to start right away in San Francisco. No. And I will say for as much crap as we give Jimmy Garoppolo, he publicly said, I am really excited to work with and help, uh, train and mentor Trey Lance. Oh yeah. I, don't, I think that is awesome. I don't have a problem with Jimmy Garoppolo, the guy, I think he's a great guy. I just don't think he's a franchise quarterback, but that's again, an argument for another date. Um, but yeah, so the 49ers kind of raised some eyebrows taking Trey Lance at number three, definitely caught me off guard. Uh, that's not the name I was expecting to hear there. Um, not at all surprised if we want to touch on the other quarterbacks here that Mac and cheese, as you call him, went to the Patriots. Uh, he seems, he seems like he's going to fit right in. And that's kind of, I think who Bill Belichick wanted this entire time. Yeah. Pulled all the, you you know that if it came out in some 30 for 30 documentary 20 years from now that Belichick was pulling strings since Mac Jones was in high school to make this happen and looked that far ahead, I wouldn't be shocked. No. (laughs) Uh, Found out that Bill Belichick is actually his father. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. You know, I wouldn't be surprised by anything, but the Patriots got their guy or who they presume is their guy. Uh, honestly, I don't really have a lot to say on Mac Jones right now. I just need to see the product on the field. Uh, obviously we saw it at Alabama. He was great, but I need to see what he can do in new England and in Bill's system and all of that. And then let's talk about Justin Fields and who he did go to and the bears and they're trading up and shout out to our boy, Daniel for calling it almost on the dot that the bears were going to, as he put it, panic and trade up to get Justin Fields. Uh, they didn't quite trade up to eight to do it, but they did to 11 and they gave up a lot to the New York giants to move from 20 to 11. And I want to ask you, sir, uh, was that the right move? I think yes. Um, they had Andy Dalton. He is not the solution. You know, we saw what he did in, in Cincy. We saw his stint in Dallas and it's not there. I'm sorry, Andy. I agree. Um, and if I'm, I'm on the fence a little bit about it because I think 
the Bears are on a, a verge of needing to rebuild, but right now they still do have pieces of their excellent defense. The a lot of the big pieces, they still have a really good defense. Their offense needs a lot of work. And right now you can definitely see that their their front office guys and their coaching staff as well is really trying to trying to hold on for what they can to keep their jobs. Yeah. And I think this is their, this is their last ditch effort, you know, drafting someone who could totally be a franchise quarterback. If it works out and Justin Fields, I think a hundred percent will be starting almost day one. He might not the first game, but I think he's going to start almost immediately. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Here's what I'll say. I don't disagree with what the Bears did to get Justin Fields in the draft last week. What I disagree with is how they've handled this quarterback situation this entire offseason. Um, to me, it felt like ever since they, they swung and missed trying to get Russell Wilson from Seattle, uh, that they were just kind of in spiral mode. They were panicking and they were trying to do something to appease the fans. So they just went out and they got Andy Dalton. And it feels like they didn't even really think about it before they did it. And but if you look at it, that's exactly what they did when, before they drafted Mr. Trubisky. They went out and they paid Mike Glennon, who was the Bucks' backup at the time, freaking starter money to come in. Mm-hmm. And then they jumped way up to draft Mr. Trubisky. Yeah. I, this is oh, just what the Bears do. Yeah. And like I said, I think it was all to appease the fans. And like you said, keep, jo- keep their jobs, the GM and the, the guys in the front office there. And they just, you know, knee-jerk reaction to smack the panic button when the Russell Wilson thing didn't work. And, you know, I would have been much happier with this if they would have just never done the Andy Dalton thing at all and just, you know, patiently waited out. Well, and I wonder if the Andy Dalton thing was basically a smokescreen, like, oh, we got Andy Dalton. Could have been. We're not drafting a quarterback, wink, wink. Yeah, and here's the thing – and all this does now to Justin Fields, not that I don't think he can't handle it, but this puts an immense amount of pressure on him uh, in terms of that fan base, because they're expecting uh, greatness right off the gate here, pretty much. And like you said, even if he doesn't start right off the bat, he will be soon. Andy Dalton, if he gets to play at all, is going to be on a short, short leash. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just, it it was just a a lot of, uh, drama unnecessary drama in Chicago I don't disagree with getting Justin Fields I think he is uh far uh far and above the best quarterback they've had around there in quite some time yeah um and Bears I mean, fans have oh, a lot to be excited about with him you know he's uh, watches tape at Ohio State I mean the kid's electric he's he, he very easily can be the guy it's just how we got here is what I question. I don't question this is the end of the journey. I question the journey itself, I guess. Yeah. It's it's just hard. The way the Bears do things, it's hard to like give them praise because the way they do it always leads to criticism. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> it, um, it sure does. But, oh man, yeah. Also, how about them Chargers picking up offensive tackle Rashawn Slater hey. to freaking protect their boy? I was going to say we didn't get to it last week because we didn't do anything past our top 10. Uh, in my mock draft, though, that's where I had Slater going. It was 13 to the Chargers, hit it right on the button. I'm so happy to see that. 
I'm so happy to see that they're a franchise that takes care of their franchise quarterback because Justin Herbert's your guy. Oh my God. Let me tell you, he's your guy. Herbert is, I cannot wait to watch him play more football. Oh, this is going to be an exciting year for that young man. Uh, He is just primed to bust out in a big way. I think, I don't think there's going to be any sophomore slump for that kid. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm jacked. No, this last year for quarterback class, these, these rookies that are not going to be sophomores. Oh man. I, it's going to be an exciting year to watch. Yeah. And I really hope that Joe Burrow can stay upright because man, he's got just as much potential. I mean, yeah. Burrow is insane. I was just watching his mic'd up from, Oh God. I don't even remember what game it was. Now I think they were playing the bears or something. But, um, you know, watching him and yeah, holy cow. You got Tua that we'll see which way he goes this next year. But I will say I'm excited to watch him. Mm-hmm. And obviously Miami thinks he's the guy now. Um, and then, yeah, Justin Field or Justin Fields. There's too many Justins now. <laughs> you got to love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's exciting. And like I said, just another one of those AFC quarterbacks that are going to, you know. But, um. Uh, I guess we should be nearing the end of our time. So why don't we talk about our respective teams? Josh? That's what, what I was going to say. What do you think of the Seahawks first round draft pick? Crickets, 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 crickets. Uh, <laughs> I do love me some Jamal Adams though. So that's how I'm looking yeah. at this. Uh, yeah. He plays more games this next year. Uh, well, you're telling me, I sure hope so. Uh, yeah. The Seahawks only had three picks uh, in this whole draft. Uh, I really like the kid they got in the second round Eskridge out of Western Michigan, another receiver at depth. That's one position. I will say, I don't think we really need it. Uh, with receivers one spot, we seem pretty set at with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, but I'll never say no to depth. Um, and then we I did wonder how much of that was just like, Hey, Russell, we're giving you weapons. Yeah. Well, and I think the pick that should make Russ even happier is, uh, the kid Forsyth, that offensive tackle out of, uh, out of Syracuse. I'm excited about him. I've watched his tape. Man, he's got potential too. I I think he'll definitely make the team. Uh, I don't know if he'll have an immediate impact, but I am I'm happy to see that they at least looked in the direction of the offensive line in this draft because that doesn't always happen. And then uh, third and final pick for us, Trey Brown, defensive back out of Oklahoma. I really like him too, and we need some help on that back end. It can't be just Jamal Adams. So. Uh, overall, I'm happy with it. I'm pleased with it. I wouldn't say it was excellent. It's kind of hard to pin anything as excellent when you only have three picks, but for only having three, I think we did a fine job. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, let's talk about your boys though. Yeah. Um, I, I like our first round pick. It was kind of interesting being in that position where we have, you know, our team coming back. And so instead of drafting for immediate need, we're drafting more for the, the near plus far future. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we took Joe Tryon um, out of Washington uh, as an ed- for an edge rusher. And right now we've got some really good edge rushers, but uh, like I talked to you about on the phone one time, you know, JPP, uh, you got to imagine his days in Tampa are numbered with where he's at in his career. And so we've got that depth should, you know, we need it. 
Yeah. Um, and I think right now he's in a position where he doesn't have to come in and play right away. He can learn from some of the best in the game. And yeah, you know, he, and I think we got him kind of as a steal um, because he opted out this past year, which I think really hurt his draft stock. I think he should have gone a lot higher should he had played this past year, but we'll see. Um, the one that I think everybody is talking about, or at least I'm thinking about, is Kyle Trask, our second round pick, the quarterback out of Florida. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. It's, I think, you know, he is definitely, you know, from where he was scouted, the 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 sixth best in that but it's a it's a bit of a step down that being said draft position really means nothing we can look at our favorite um example Dak Prescott or Tom Brady or Russell Wilson I mean Russell Wilson the the myriad of examples of guys that were like "Mm, he's not in this top five top three whatever and slips to farther rounds Dude, and Kyle Trask, being, he's got uh, – who better to learn under than I Tom Brady? I mean, geez, this kid's got uh, – he's got an excellent path to being your guys' starter someday. Yeah, and that's can. the thing. He doesn't have to start for a, at least a year or two. He can sit back. He can learn from a guy that's a million percent going to be in the Hall of Fame who has won – more Super Bowls himself than what any other franchise at this point has as a whole. <laughs> yeah. Like you can't ask for a better teacher, a better mentor. Yeah. And the Green Bay Packers need to take freaking lessons from the Bucks right now because the Buccaneers front office talked and said, Hey, Tom, we're thinking about drafting a quarterback. What are your thoughts? He's like, Yeah, go for it. Well, they it- they respect what the quarterback thinks. They yes. They do, and, and what I will say a tiny bit to play devil's advocate there just for the Packers organization is if you're Aaron Rodgers, uh, he's got to understand, too, that they're also trying to think of the future when they drafted Jordan Love. Now, again, I get why it rubbed him the wrong way, and I'm not blaming him either. Well, but- I would just say instead of freaking smacking him with a freaking dead fish out of nowhere, Tell him. talk to your quarterback, communicate. Tell him, yeah. He doesn't run your war room for draft day but maybe keep him in the loop. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure he'd like to know, and especially if you're in the position that you're in. Yeah, so anyway. no, you guys you guys had a good draft, I thought, really. And Trask, I, I do the too. highlight of it, I agree. Um, um, I, I will say also, the guy that we got in the fourth round, um, Jalen Darden, the wide receiver out of North Texas, we don't really need a bunch of depth at wide receiver, but I'm happy we got him. I think he's going to be a bit of a hidden gem in this draft. He he looks pretty impressive, and he had he uh he had a lot of touchdowns in college. He had 19 this last year, Jesus. and 12 in 2019. 19 just this last year. Yeah, dude. 19 and 20. Where did he play again? On uh, North Texas. Mean Green, baby. Love it. Uh, dude, those guys, I was just going to say the same thing about our second round pick Eskridge, our wide receiver, who I thought we didn't really need either. But those guys that come from schools like that, like North Texas or Western Michigan, where Eskridge came from, those guys are dogs, dude. Yeah. They're fighters. Uh, and maybe I just speak from bias because I also cover Tulane a little bit in their school like that. Not really a, they're not an SEC school. They're not your big sexy school, but the kids that come out of those schools, uh, they're fighters. 
they are, you know, they're scrappers and they oftentimes uh, down the road end up being more valuable to an NFL franchise than sometimes the guys that come out of those huge schools. So that's exciting. Yeah. I, I am really excited about him and, you know, North Texas has some good history with players, man. Yeah. That's like you were kind of saying. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah. So no, I, I, I sounds like you're pleased with your guys's draft. Uh, I, I am it, again, it was interesting kind of having a, we're not early in the first rounds for the first time that I, since I've been a fan, <laughs> it's less stressful that way, isn't it? Well, yeah. It's like this draft pick, we could do anything like a lot of people theorized and Daniel even talked about last podcast that we might take um, Kyle Trask at the end of the first. Yeah. I'm glad we didn't. I'm, I'm glad we kind of played it to let him fall. But I, no, I am happy. Uh, yeah. And I was going to say too, I said it to you. I think uh, when we talked about it after it, after the first round was a, uh, you guys seem to like taking those Washington boys in the first. We round. do, and it's worked out pretty well for <laughs> yeah, us. Vita Vea, not a bad one. No, Vita Vea has <laughs> been a very good pick. Uh, it's so far the last couple of years we have been hitting on our draft picks, dude. That makes our, a our first rounds, um, because we got Vita Vea, we got um. Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name. I can see him riding the horse. Um, Devin White, mm-hmm. uh, which I think it was Vita Vea last year, Devin White the year before, I believe. I believe so, yes. And then who was it the year before that? OJ was when I was still in college. Who was the year before that? I don't know. You would know this better than I do. Yeah, wow, I'm blanking totally. <laughs> But uh, another good draft by you guys. Like I said, I'm, I'm happy enough with Seattle's. Um, I hope we do a little more when it comes to undrafted free agent signings. We did sign a kid out of South Dakota State, though, uh, as a wide receiver. So, I don't know. It, it, it was an interesting draft. By and large, I would say it went how I had expected it to for the most part really there wasn't anything like just jaw-droppingly shocking no there wasn't um I think we talked about the things that were kind of the biggest surprises but yeah and you know and then it's oh I'm a I'm a goofball we drafted Tristan Wirfs this past year at offensive tackle in 2020 and then Davida Vey before that and yeah 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 yeah. so yeah you guys you guys hit on those picks pretty well um and that's right how can i forget the the swimming pool man himself <laughs> have you not seen that video no but oh, I he have... jumps like flat-footed out the like the deep end of a pool onto the side yeah i heard about it i have not seen it but i heard about it so uh uh and then the other one i guess i wanted to just briefly touch on real quick is uh i said it earlier uh, the theme was kind of reuniting old college teammates Mm-hmm. We talked about Cincinnati reuniting the old LSU boys. Uh, I thought it was really cool how Jacksonville later in the first round took Travis Etienne, the running back out of Clemson. Yeah. Got him on board with uh, Trevor Lawrence. Those two, uh, obviously, in their time down in South Carolina in college, killed it. I think they're going to continue to in Jacksonville. And then you have Philadelphia reuniting the Alabama guys, Devonta Smith and Jalen Hurts. Uh, and then the other Alabama guys, Jalen Waddle and Tua, getting back together in Miami. So 
uh, that's kind of a, like I said, a, a theme we saw, and I think it's really cool. And I think it actually is helpful because it's, it's another level of chemistry that these guys don't need to learn with yeah. somebody. And I mean, look at the success that, um, uh, AJ Green and Andy Dalton had right out of college. Yep. Um, that's, you know, one of the best duos, you know, of rookies that in, 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 a, in, in a recent history. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that was due because they, they came out of college together. Yeah. It makes a difference. It, and it makes me wonder if we're going to start seeing more of this, uh, you know, down the line, if, you know, next year, I don't know. I, I really have to do my research on college football for 2021 and who's going to be kind of the top guys coming in next year. But let's say, you know, BYU has a kid that could be really, could be a first round pick who the Jets might want to go after just because they have Zach Wilson or something like that. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if that's a trend that starts to yeah. pick up more for sure. So um, anyway, we're getting close to time. Uh, we got to do shout outs still for the week. Do you want to fire away first on one? Oh, uh, no, you go ahead and start off. Okay. Uh, is that code for you need to look one up? Uh, yeah, I don't have one. Either. You're good. You're good. Uh, yeah, I've got one. Shout out to uh, Sam Houston State, the Bearcats. And yes, for those of you at home, that's Bearcats with a K. Uh, the Bearcats beat North Dakota State in the FCS playoffs this weekend in the quarterfinals, ensuring that finally the Bison will not win another national championship this year. And I'm so happy, man. I'm so happy. It needed to happen. It hasn't happened since 2016 that NDSU has been knocked out of the playoffs. James Madison did it back then. Uh, I was very excited to see Sam Houston State beat the Bison at home. Uh, the Bearcats have still never lost a home playoff game. I think they're 15-0 all time. Impressive stuff. Uh, they're moving on to the semifinals of the FCS playoffs, and uh, they're my shout-out this week. Very nice. Um I guess my shout out will just be to all the young men that just got drafted. Congratulations on making it to the league, man. Yeah. Step one. Now step two is you got to make your teams. Yeah. Step two, be good. Be good. Step one, be good enough to get drafted. Step two, be good enough to make your team. Step three, profit. Yeah. Oh, they're profiting. Some of these kids are already profiting, man. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's a good one, man. A lot of dreams got realized this last weekend. It's very, yeah. Good. Very cool. I love draft week. I loved watching. Uh, I don't know if you watch it or if the Bucks do it. I'm sure they do. Every team does. But I like when Seattle drafts a guy, I like watching the video of uh, Pete Carroll giving him the call and watching their reaction when uh, they uh, pick up the phone and it's John Schneider and <laughs> Pete Carroll telling them they're a Seahawk now. I think it's awesome. Yeah, that man, the excitement in that moment. Yeah, uh, I can only imagine. <laughs> Yeah, straight. We will only ever be able to. Yeah, we will only ever be able to. I think our time to get drafted in the NFL has unfortunately come and gone. Yeah, we'd be pretty hard pressed to be walk ons on any team. Yeah, I don't know about you, but my problem was there's just not enough film on me out there. (laughs) Is it because you never played football? That is a part of it. As a part of it, I, I played Pop Warner stuff, little, little, little kid stuff, but I don't think they really watched that film. Actually, you know what? My time to get into the NFL is not over. I could make it as a coach. There you go. They usually don't draft those, but oh, can you imagine <laughs> if they drafted coaches though? That'd be awesome, Holy actually. That'd cow, be super that'd be cool. cool. Like it wouldn't happen in the like early rounds, obviously, but like seventh round, 
use your last pick. It's like, eh, we don't really need another player right now. I'm going to draft, uh, you know, a college Let's draft coach. Texas Tech's linebacker coach. <laughs> uh, you talking about Cliff Kingsbury again? I wasn't talking about him, but I was thinking about him. Yeah, you brought up Texas Tech, so. I, I'm not going to lie. I was maybe thinking about Cliff Kingsbury, and I just used Texas Tech as the first example. Um, I was going to say he wasn't their linebackers coach, but. No, he was their head coach, man. Put some respect on his name. I'm sorry. Sorry. My bad. I was watching, again, uh, I was watching a Flemmo Raps video, I think it was about Josh Rosen, which is kind of also why he was fresh in my mind. Um, and it's funny because still um, at this point, he's talking about when the Arizona Cardinals took their gamble with Cliffs Kingsbury. <laughs> it's yeah. like, that gamble played off pretty dang well right now. That's a gamble that if you make it in Vegas, you uh, pack up and leave the casino when it pays out. Yeah. For sure. With an, with an armed escort. Yeah. Yeah. No, they got a good one in Cliff Kingsbury. So – Speaking of Cliff Kingsbury, I've I've got a I gotta get a haircut this week. Do you think I could pull off his haircut? Hey, that's a good question, man. I'm getting a haircut this weekend as well. Uh, we could have a little competition, see who gets the better Cliff Kingsbury esque haircut. <laughs> oh my word! Who looks better with it? My aunt is cutting my hair this weekend. Uh, she asked me how I want it done. I'll just say, uh, give it to me like the Cardinals head coach. See if she knows what that She's going to be like, yeah, you want to give me a picture, you jerk? <laughs> um, or, oh, we could do like one of us gets Kingsbury's, one of us gets Sean McVay's Sean haircut. Sean McVay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's some good hair out there. We've talked about it before. Dude, that's, again, man, that division is just stacked on haircuts. I, I will say, though, as far as quarterbacks go, if we're talking hair and quarterbacks, obviously you've got uh, Golden Jesus with Trevor Lawrence. I Do you think he's the top, though? No. Uh, I, think re- up. I think Zach Wilson's got a slick head of hair. Oh, I got to look that up. What does Zach Wilson's hair look like? Look at his picture of him getting ready for the draft, putting on his suit in the mirror. Ooh. Not to be that's, that's a pretty classic. Um, yeah, that's not, a BYU haircut. If I've ever seen one. Not to be weird, but he's a, he's a good looking dude, Zach Wilson. Yeah, that's, oh, a, that's a good haircut. So you think Zach Wilson's number one, huh? Uh, hair-wise of this quarterback yeah. class? Yeah. No, I mean in the entire NFL right now. Ooh, Who are you thinking number one? Uh, well, I don't know. Off the top of my head, I st- if we're just going quarterbacks. How I- do you not have a slam dunk answer for this right now? I know exactly who my number one is. I'm missing it. I know I'm going to just want to. Dude, Gardner Minshew, hands down. Oh, for me, it's a mustache. Gardner Minshew, it ties it all oh, together. Oh, absolutely. It's a mustache. But- but that plays into the hair. Oh man, Gardner Minshew. Yeah, that's that's my slam pick. Like, fair enough. It's either Minch. Man, the Jags draft some uh, follically gifted. They're, they're like Zach in his fantasy drafts. We draft <laughs> based on hair. Ah, <laughs> uh, true, true. Uh, yeah. So anyway, who, uh, who else has got a good haircut out there? Um, well, Mahomes kind of has the uh, the Mahomes has a very distinct haircut. Yeah, the frizzly. Uh, hair um let's see i don't know russ's isn't anything special i was gonna say like russ and Uh, yeah like lamar jackson's is kind of similar to russ's that kind of natural um natural go yeah hell big Um, ben's is falling out at this point so 
I was going to say, yeah, I feel like Big Ben's bald at this point because I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. We're rambling about quarterbacks here. I think that means it's about time to wrap her up. You always cut it off at the fun part of the conversation. I'm sorry. We don't want to drag this on forever, though. Dude, oh, some of the the less kempt hair, though. Aaron Rodgers is down there. Like, he doesn't give a crap about his hair no. most of the time. Oh, he looked pretty good at the Kentucky Derby this weekend. That's That's not most of the time though that's i know fancy schmancy event dude i know i know um yeah i don't know andy dalton you know ginger the ginger ninja i don't know i all right i think we gotta wrap this one up uh unless you've got any more pressing pressing matters not hair matters um yeah let me know if you want to do that old cliffs kingsbury uh haircut deal well, I'll see what I'll have to find a really good picture of it first to show my aunt and then see if we can pull it off. Do you want me to send you one? Not that I have one on hand. I really <laughs> Justin that has <laughs> 30 pictures of Cliff Kingsbury saved on his phone. Bro, what do you think my background is on my computer? Jesus. It's All right. not Cliff Kingsbury. We're going to wrap it up here. It's Calvin and Hobbes. I feel like I need to point that out. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, maybe uh, I'll get a Sean McVay haircut. I'm looking at it now. I feel like that would fit me better than a cliffs kingsbury they both got good heads of hair uh as as will we soon as will your expansion buddies thank you for tuning in and listening to us ramble uh make it through another episode episode 40 like i said we're just plugging along uh we really love doing this for you guys it's it's a blast um make sure you follow us on twitter at the expansion bu1 and i kind of hijacked this because text or i mean don't text like tweet at us which quarterback and which coaches do you think have the best heads of hair in the NFL? Yeah. I want to know. I want to know you, the fans' opinions. Yeah, our opinions. We know each other's opinions. We want to know what you guys think about this. So, yes, like Justin said, tweet at us at the expansion BU1 your thoughts on this stupid conversation or any stupid conversation we have. You know, um, maybe next week we'll, we'll just talk haircuts. Yeah, maybe. We'll see if it's a slow sports week. It might be. Uh, <laughs> i i kind of want to just talk haircuts now yeah there's some good ones out there there's some not good ones out there there's plenty to talk about um but yes yeah. anyway thank you all for tuning in and uh listening to us again whether it be on itunes spotify google podcast that ever elusive can on a string i got you this time justin yeah, i remember did. uh thank you for listening wherever you listen to we will publish for you uh next thursday and every thursday after that like we have so far And uh, Justin, always remember. Party like 1976.